Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I want to label my thoughts with these words. The dangers of loving money. The dangers of loving money. If I could summarize my sermon with one statement, I I want it to be this statement. And if you walk away with anything today, I want you to walk away with this statement. It is far better to love God Almighty than to love money. It is far better to love God Almighty than to love money money. Today we come to this chapter of the Bible as we've been studying the book of 1 Timothy and you know about this so far that Paul's writing to this son in the faith that he's discipled and he's mentored and he's encouraging him and and here he's writing about money. So an older preacher writing to a younger preacher about the dangers of money and here we come to this section of scripture. In fact this is probably the most misquoted passage of the Bible in the New Testament. Everybody goes to verse number 10, and here's what they say. They say, money is the root of all evil. But that is not what the Bible says. What does the Bible say, church? It says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So please don't misquote this verse, because money, there's nothing wrong in of itself with money. But when we love money, that is when we sin against Almighty God. So I know this time of the year, (laughs) this time of the year, the, the, the wholesale industry makes the vast majority of their profits during Christmas time. This time of the year, we are tempted to love money more than we love God. But I submit to you today, it is far better to love God Almighty than to love money. Today, I want to share with you three reasons why loving money is dangerous. I want to ask and answer this question. Why is loving money dangerous? I believe the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, reveals to us three specific reasons why loving money is dangerous. From verse number 6 through 8, I wrote down, first of all, loving money is dangerous because of its nature. I wrote down secondly from verse number 9, loving money is dangerous because of its effects. And I wrote down from verse number 10, number 3, loving money is dangerous because of its results. Today, I submit to you that all of us are tempted to love money. Every last one of us. Note who's writing. Paul's writing to Timothy. These are ministers of God and servants of God dedicating their lives of serving Jesus Christ. And and if these men, these heroes of the Christian faith were tempted in this manner, if Paul's writing to Timothy saying, hey, hey, you and the church of Ephesus, you need to be cautious and careful about loving money, then sure enough, you and I can be tempted today. Verse number 6 through 8, I wrote down this first statement. This first reason why loving money is dangerous. Loving money is dangerous because of its nature. Loving money is dangerous because of its nature. Look at verse 6. This this verse is probably, I believe, the key to understanding the importance of not loving money. You see, when we love money, we will never be content with what we have. But when we love God, we will always be content 
with what we have. Look, look at verse number six. The Bible says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So here's what I wrote down. When we love money, we ignore the greatest gain. When we love money, we ignore the greatest gain. What's the greatest gain? The Bible says, godliness with contentment is the greatest gain. Godliness, it literally means to live a life that meets the standards of God. Or in other words, living like God. Now I know, and you know, none of us here today can ultimately live exactly like God. We are sinners. We are, we are, are in, in this fallen nature that we call sin because of Adam and Eve back in the garden. But I'm here today to tell, to tell us all and to remind us all that this time of the year we celebrate the first coming. And why did Jesus come the first time? He didn't stay in that cradle. He didn't stay in that manger. He went to the cross and he died for our sins and he rose again so that we could abandon that sinful nature and receive the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, godliness with contentment is a great gain. Now, I know we live in America where we'll never have the nicest cell phone. We'll never have the nicest Taylor guitar. We'll never have the nicest piano. We'll never have the nicest car. That is, we will always want more. Every last one of us. We will always want a better job. We will always want a better paying job. We will always want more money in our IRAs or our 401ks or all of our other A's out there. Today, I submit to you that the greatest gain we could ever have is living a life that pleases God and being content with just that. The word content here in this verse, verse number six, it literally means self-satisfaction. It means sufficiency. As we live our lives with a purpose of pleasing God, that should be our only satisfaction in this life. When we love money, we ignore the greatest gain of godliness with contentment. Notice verse number seven as we move forward in this passage. The Bible says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I wrote down this. When we love money, we focus on the temporal instead of the eternal. When we love money, we focus on the temporal instead of the eternal. As I said before, there's nothing wrong with money in of itself. But the Bible says here that the amount that you've saved in your life savings, when you give up the ghosts and you drop dead however you do, the Bible tells us that we will not take anything out of this world. Listen, I've done quite a few funerals this year and in my time so far. And I've noticed every single time I've preached a funeral that the hearse is not carrying a U-Haul. The hearse is not carrying your debit cards, your credit cards, your bank accounts, and all your retirement accounts. It's not carrying any of that stuff because all that stuff stays right here. It doesn't go with you. As much as I hate to admit it, we can't take a Lamborghini Diablo to heaven. God has a far greater chariot for us in heaven than that car. When we love money, we focus on the here and now instead of the then and there. Church, wouldn't it be great this time of the year? We realize that, hey, it's about Jesus and about Him only. It's not about anything else. It's about how Jesus gave His life for us. So, the Bible says here, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
Don't you think that based upon this verse, it would be a good idea to devote the rest of our lives to serving Jesus Christ? Now listen, there's nothing wrong with making money. If you have a job that pays well, God bless you. And God is going to bless you. If you have a job that doesn't pay as well, listen, God bless you and he will bless you. He will help you and through all these things. But here, the Bible makes it certain that, that hey, no matter we can, we can save our whole life, we can live in a nice fancy home, we can have a nice fancy car, we can have all the nice sharpest clothes and dresses out there. But the Bible tells us that, hey, all this stuff, when it comes to the realm of eternity, it, it is pointless. What is more point, what is, what is greater is to say, hey, I'm going to sow Jesus Christ into the lives of everybody that I know and love so that they can benefit from an internal perspective. Look at verse number eight. I wrote down a third sub point underneath loving money is dangerous because of its nature. I wrote on this, when we love money, we rob ourselves of the simplicity of life. When we love money, we rob ourselves of the simplicity of life. I'm sure that if we took a vote, we could say that all of our lives today is, is pretty complex. You know, it's complicated. All of us have got complicated things going on in our lives. But look at verse number eight. The Bible says, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. This word content, it gives the same idea of the word contentment, to be satisfied to be sufficient, to be enough. It will suffice, in other words. If we were to go back a hundred years, I know man was still man, but life was far less complicated 50 to 100 years ago. Today we are, we are enamored with a complex life from every angle. And it's time that we just get back to saying, hey, I've got food on my table, I've got a house to live in, and I've got clothes to wear. And I'm content with just that. Life wasn't meant to be com completely complex. It was meant to be completely simple so that we could serve God to the greatest of our ability. You ever been to the weight room or to the gym? And, and you, you try to lift weights, you know, you get those, uh, those barbells, and you try to lift some, some curls, you know, to, to build a bigger bicep for the men. And some of the ladies, you know, they try to get more tone. Well, listen, can you imagine uh, trying to carry all those weights and going for a jog? <laughs> or putting on a 50-pound weighted vest and trying to run a sub six-minute mile? Good luck. <laughs> Maybe you can do that and pray for all the rest of us who are out of shape and can't do that. But anyways, listen, life, the reason why it gets so complicated is because we put those weights in our lives and it weighs us down in what life is all about. So I'm saying today is this. Here's my suggestion for all of us. Let's throw out some of those useless weights and let's serve God to the greatest of our ability. Loving money is the greatest hindrance in our lives when we do it. And it's dangerous because of its nature. May I share with you a second reason from verse number 9? I wrote down, first of all, loving money is dangerous because of its nature. But I wrote down, secondly, loving money is dangerous because of its effects. Remember, it is far better to love God Almighty than to love money. I wonder, which do you love today? Do you love God more than you love money or do you love money more than you love God? Loving money is dangerous because of its effects. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says the very first part, it says, but they that will be rich 
fall into temptation and a snare. By the world standards, all of us in here are rich. All of us in here are wealthy. We may not be uh, wealthy from the American perspective, but from the entire world perspective, all of us in here are wealthy. And when I read the first part of verse 9, I wrote down this. When we love money, it brings sinful temptations. When we love money, it brings sinful temptations. Look, here it says, it says, but they that will be rich. Now, this does not necessarily mean somebody who has accumulated a lot of wealth. In the context, remember, it's, it's all about loving money. So here, I believe that it's referring to somebody who is abundant in wealth, but also loves money in the same process. The Bible says that they will encounter temptations and snares. Remember what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. There he was, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and there he was tempted and or tested by the devil. And the devil brought materialistic ideas and things into his life to try to tempt him so that he would give in to the pressure of those temptations. But he combated the devil and temptation and those snares with the word of God. So today, church, the way we can combat the temptation to loving money is saying, listen, I love God far more than I love money, and it's based upon the principles and teachings found in the word of God. When we love money, it brings sinful temptations. But now look at the second part of this verse. It goes on to say that they will fall. Before we move on, it says they will fall into temptation and snare. Sometimes we set traps in our own lives. But then other times the devil will place those traps in our lives. And then we fall into it. And listen, when we fall into sin, it's hard to climb back out of it. But I'm here to remind us that God is gracious and God is merciful. And it doesn't matter how far deep into the dungeons of sin that we've entered into, that God can reach in to the ashes of our failures and bring out trophies of amazing grace. Today, we serve a gracious, merciful, long-suffering God who loves us enough when we have strayed from Him and we've darkened down to the forest of sin, He can come in and rescue us. But the Bible goes on to say, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. I wrote down this. When we love money, it brings hurtful passions. This word lust in verse number nine, it means a longing desire after something that is forbidden. Imagine going back to the Garden of Eden where God set up the law saying you can eat of any tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there for some reason after a um, conversation with, with the serpent Eve was, was, was tempted to partake in that fruit and then Adam followed suit after. And here the Bible talks about how this lust all the way back to the garden, all the way till now we face the same temptations and the same lust that it is a desire, a longing for what is forbidden. That shows our nature and the effects of loving money. But then notice what he goes on to say. It says, which drown men into destruction and perdition. I wrote on this. When we love money, it brings eternal destruction. Do you remember what Jesus said? 
He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. For where moth and rust don't corrupt and where thieves can't break through and steal. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where none of that can take place. He said, for where your treasure is, or he said, for where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Then he goes on to say in the Sermon on the Mount that we cannot serve God and mammon. Now, the word mammon is kind of a foreign term that we really don't use a whole lot today, but it just simply means money. And he says, listen, folks, you can't serve God and money. You have to choose. So today the choice is simple. <laughs> it's God. Serve God. Don't serve money. Because if you choose to serve money, perhaps you are not saved to begin with. Will you look at verse 10 with me? So far, we've looked at how loving money is dangerous because of its effects in our lives, uh, because of its nature in our lives. But then I wrote down thirdly, loving money is dangerous because of its results. Loving money is dangerous because of its results. Remember, it is far better to love God Almighty than to love money. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, Will you read the first part with me from four to evil? Read it out loud with me. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Do it again, please. For the love of money is the root of all evil. And one more time. For the love of money is the root of all evil. I wrote on this. Loving money results in committing iniquity. In other words, when we love money, we sin against God. Because we're saying, God, uh, we, we know the word of God says that in the beginning you created the heaven and the earth and, and all that in them is, you created it. Uh, but, 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 but we love this materialistic stuff that we've described worth to called money more than you. And when we do that, we sin. You know, you can tell a lot about somebody with the way that they spend their money, the way they invest their money, and the way that they save their money. Today is not a message on stewardship, but I wonder if God is pleased with us here today of how we have been stewards of God's money. As you know, as well as I do, the Bible talks about the commandment of giving, but we are called to give God ownership of everything that we have. And when we love money or the possessions that we have in our lives, we are not giving God the ownership He deserves with the things that He's blessed us with. It was God who blessed you with a job. It was God who blessed you with a house. It was God who blessed you with an automobile that you can drive. It was God that blessed you with a full pantry and food on your table. It was God that blessed you with a full closet of clothes and shoes that you can wear. And, and listen, it was God that blessed you with everything that you have. And well, don't you think it'd be a good idea to say, God, it's all yours. Just tell me how you want me to use it. The second part of verse number 10, it says, Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. There's two key words here I want you to notice. I want you to notice the word covet, and I want you to notice the word err. Will you say covet with me on three, one, two, three? Covet. Would you say err with me on three, one, two, three? Err. I'm not talking about the hair in your head, but err, E-R-R. <laughs> It says, which while some coveted, that means th they had this lustful desire. And the Bible says that they've erred from the faith. So I wrote down this, loving money 
results in complete apostasy. Hear me well today, church. I believe one of the reasons that we are facing a great apostasy in the United States of America is because our nation loves the materials of this world far more than they love the maker of this world. We, as a nation, love the things in this world more than the God who spoke the world into existence. We love the gold more than we love God. We love the silver more than we love the Savior. It's time, church, that we realize that, hey, we don't need apostasy in our church. We need to move forward for God and not backward for the devil. Notice, it goes on to say this. It says, after they've erred from the faith. Complete apostasy. Remember, there's people in the Bible who, who have erred from the faith. The Bible says, Demas, who have loved this present world, have forsaken it. The Bible talks about Judas and several others who encountered apostasy. And the Bible talks about in the very last days, man will depart from the faith. And I believe one of the major reasons is because instead of loving God, we love the things of this world. What did John say? He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. He said, if any man love this stuff, the love of the Father is not in him. Look at the last part of verse 10. After they have coveted after this and erred from the faith, the Bible says that they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I wrote on this. Loving money results in consistent agony. Loving money results in consistent agony. Love, loving money, it, it means this. It means extreme greed for wealth or material gain. When we love money, we will compromise our vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. The vision is the word of God. That is, when we are focused on the word of God, we will not compromise. But when we love money, we will compromise our vision. When we love money, we will compromise our values. That is, our beliefs about the word of God and everything in here where the Bible says, here is what thus saith the Lord and we will live by. But when we love money, we will compromise those values. And not just our vision, but I believe also our virtues. We will begin to do things that we never thought we'd do. We begin to say things that we never thought we'd say. And we will compromise. This temptation is very real. And it's why we've set up some great protocols around here in our staff to where our pastoral staff does not handle the finances here at the church. There's been far too many pastors in the library of time who've fallen because of finances. And today we've set up guardrails here in our church to do that. And yeah, it's great and it's good and it's awesome to have those guardrails in our church. But we also need those guardrails and standards in our lives. And when we love money, we will never be satisfied with, with money. A million dollars won't satisfy. Ten million dollars won't satisfy. A hundred million dollars won't satisfy. A billion dollars. A trillion and the list goes on. It will never satisfy. But what will satisfy is what I did several years ago. And when I bowed my knee and confessed with my mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord. That brings complete satisfaction. And then who cares 
what my salary or your salary is. It doesn't matter because we're not defined by the money that we make. We're defined by the God who saved us and made us. Church, I close with the key statement. It is far better to love God Almighty than to love money. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.